The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite esports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. I am a free agent, head coach, and analyst, as well as a contributor at Slingshot Esports. And welcome to another edition of the EU LCS Guess the Lines podcast presented by Slingshot. It is week eight of the European LCS. We are two weeks away from our glorious playoff picture finally coming into the fold. And things are really starting to come together after last week helped us separate the pretenders from the contenders. We have a lot of interesting teams to break down today. And of course, when I say we, I'm referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter Ciedis Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing great. We're only four days of ties away from actually getting some best of series that matter. <laughs> four it- more days of ties! You know, it is amazing to me. There are so many people who make the argument. It's like, but isn't it more exciting that, like, eventually we're going to have an answer? Like, no. I want an answer now. I Like, the fact of the matter is when you look at the European standings, you have five teams within two points of each other that in any other system would have been figured out in a much clearer path. And instead, we now have a just plethora of options if you want to make a case for who the fourth place team is. So, Walter, that brings us to today's game show. Who is the fourth place team in Europe? We should really get like a sound fair or something for this. this is a- there we go. I will actually put that in now when I'm editing. I hope you're happy for that. I'm so- very happy about that. <laughs> so... Let's start with our first contestant, contestant number one. They are 14 and 14. They have an 80 carry with a hurt wrist and an 80 carry with a hurt mentality. <laughs> a, a team that is that is tried back and forth to justify whether or not they are real contenders and have designated themselves as the definition of middle of the road. It is H2K Gaming. Walter, is H2K the fourth best team in Europe. Oh, come on. When are you going to forgive him for that? <laughs> I, I'm not. Thank I you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, but talking about H2K, I, I think the reason they're the fourth best team right now and the reason they will be the fourth best team uh, when we come down to the end of the split is somebody has to, and they're the most consistent out of the remaining teams in terms of their lanes, uh, especially their solo laners. Freeze the injury notwithstanding. Uh, the real kind of powder keg has really been Yankos and his ability to influence the map and, and to get control over his lanes and to really help his lanes get through their laning phase because Ryu and, and Odawame, they're good. And I feel weird saying about this about Ryu because if you put him on an assassin, you put him on Zed, he is very good at solo killing the enemy lane. But they're very just, I'm just going to farm. 
I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to farm. I'm going to play safe. I'm going to play not to die. I'm going to play not to screw up. And the only time you ever really see them make some sort of hyper-aggressive play is when Yankos is there or in the case of Ryu, he is 100% confident he's going to get a kill or get some summoner spells. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think out of all the teams, they're the most consistent. They've been the most consistent over the entire course of the split. I mean, it, I mean, when you're talking about Yankos being the playmaker for this team, I mean, all you have to do is look at the kill participation. He's there for 82.1% of his team's kills. With the exception of Vander, there's not a single guy above 68% on the rest of this team. They don't team fight very well. And this is why I'm not as convinced as you are that these are our darlings to be at the dance. We'll get to the rest of them later, but I just don't know how you can have a team that blows engage after engage the way they did last week, especially in that loss to Fnatic. I mean, they just looked like they weren't even supposed to be on the same rift as Fnatic. And in game two of G2 Esports, you could say the exact same thing. These were just complete wipes across the board, terrible plays around Baron that ended up getting stolen against them, just desperation plays because they didn't feel comfortable with a five-on-five and that was the whole reason that they signed Freeze at the end of the day, right? This was the whole selling point at the beginning. Oh, we want a more team-oriented style. The carry style didn't work when we got to the playoffs. So we want a team that knows how to fight together. And they can't do that. And if you're a team-fighting team that doesn't know how to team fight, I don't know what that's supposed to do for you guys. I mean, let's just put it this way. Since week five, they're four and eight. They have a 33% win percentage over their last three weeks of play. And they have to play three of the four other teams that we're going to be talking about on today's list. So these are the kind of mistakes that they can't let linger any longer than they have, especially when the points are so close and the ties that they have been so good at securing. They've secured six of those things. That is not going to be enough to keep them ahead in the point standings when there are so many other teams nipping at their heels. Can this be fixed, Walter? Can the team fighting problem come together so that the solo talent stands up? Or is this a fatal flaw? I don't think it's sort of a fatal flaw because I think when we get into the playoffs, their experience is going to help them a lot. They, you know, Odawane and and Ryu in particular, um, they have a ton of playoff experience. They have a ton of high pressure, uh, you know, instance experience. And when I, you know, think about the fact that I, when I look at the other, you know, possible teams they could come against, Giants, Unicorns, Shulk, Vitality, the only other team that can really sort of match that experience is Vitality. That's not even across the board. I, I think Vitality is the only team that sort of matches them in experience, um, mainly because of the longevity of, like, Nukeduck and Kabochart and Shook. But none of them have really been successful when it comes to the playoffs. I think the real Achilles heel for H2K is that they're so predictable. And they've been this predictable since Forgiven was the 80 carry in the spring. They want to play these, like, push tower compositions. You see a ton of Caitlyn. You see a ton of Victor. And that's the only time they're really successful is when they play these kind of push tower compositions. But when they get to the end of that pushing the tower phase, they're like, okay, now let's team fight with a Victor and a Caitlyn and a Siege composition. And then when they try to play these more team point oriented compositions with Lucians and Vladimir Midlands and Azirs and, you know, Nars and all this kind of stuff, they're like, all right, let's play Siege composition split push style. Like, their pick ban phase does not always necessarily match 
the champions that they pick. And I don't think it's Prolly's fault. I think it's somewhat of the, the execution that happens in-game in terms of recognizing what their win conditions are. And whenever they kind of get to a certain point where they had everything planned out, particularly in these tower push compositions, once they get all the outer towers, they're kind of like, oh, uh, there's no more towers around. It's like the John Travolta <laughs> gif. Like, uh, crap, what do I do now? So I, I think that's their biggest weakness, but I don't think it's enough of a weakness that some of the other teams that we're going to talk about can really exploit it. I think it really gets exploited with guys like Fnatic and, and teams like G2 and, and possibly Splice. I really need to see a little bit more from Splice um, before I can like fully pull them away from all these guys. I have them like if G2 and Fnatic are A tier, I have Splice at like B plus A minus tier. Man, you you and I are going to have to argue about Splice later because I'm all in. I am 100% in on the Splice hype train, uh, especially after they were able to take that map against G2 last week. I thought they played brilliantly. But this is not about them. This is about H2K. And while you might give Prawley a break, I'm not sure we should. I mean, this is a guy who's been coaching this team for a very long time. And as you've said, they are predictable. He has done a great job of instituting a system, a way of thinking about the game, and a priority list that the team follows very well. But it means that everyone knows what's coming. And he's not a coach that, so far, has proven to necessarily been very adaptable. They play the same way, no matter who's on the roster, no matter what the meta is, there is an H2K metagame. And that's a problem when you play teams that are smarter than you. And it's also a problem when you play enough games in a season where people have enough time to really settle down and look at it. Maybe they get away with it because the teams that we're going to be talking about are teams that don't historically have huge support systems of infrastructure to really keep these guys going. But I am concerned by it. I am not as convinced as you that H2K is going to be the fourth team. But let's talk about our second candidate. They might not know their native dance of how to salsa, but they sure do know how to swing. Their momentum has been up and down the charts like crazy here. It is Giants gaming. Walter, they went from 7-1 to 0-4. Is this our fourth best team in Europe? Well, you know, if they are the fourth best team in Europe, it's because of the explosiveness of their mid laner night and the synergy that he has developed with Max Lore and the synergy that Max Lore has developed with the rest of the team, particularly, uh, you know, hustling and really peeling for Knight and Sonstar. Knight has been a revelation of a mid laner. He has been one of the best mid laners in Europe. He's been one of the more consistent mid laners in Europe. You get him on these control mages, you get him a bunch of, you know, something he can deal a bunch of damage with, and he is really good at it. He's really strong in the laning phase. He has shown the propensity for playing a multitude of champions, the Karmas, the Victors, the Aziers, you know, whatever. Um, and, and he's really been good. You were on the night train way before I was, and I'm sorry that it took me so long. I was almost at the point where I had to chase the train down the track and like <laughs> hop on the back of the caboose and do like some weird like flip or something. But I'm, I'm totally on board with Knight. I think he's really good. Max Lore has really evolved into a very solid jungler in the region. Um, he's not too aggressive like we see, you know, a guy like Gilius who's super, super aggressive. And he's not too passive. He's found like a very nice middle ground where he can operate in. And then Sonstar, just like Giants Gaming last summer with Audrey. 
again, it is the summer of Giants 80 carries, and Sonstar has proven to be uh, a more than suitable replacement. He's really stepped up this split. Hustling stepped up the split. Smitty J has performed admirably. This is a pretty solid team, and they're really centered around this one superstar mid laner in Knight. I will say this. Your attempt to get on the Knight bandwagon was kind of like a, an Indiana Jones scene, you know, using the whip, pulling himself at the last second on, except in this version, the bad guy's waiting for him and then just punches you off the Giants bandwagon because... This week was just rough if you had any faith in this team moving forward in that kind of way. We were very high on them. We may or may not have gone so far as to say, and I quote, if you guys do not take Giants at plus 213 to get the two over Unicorns of Love, you are effing idiots. Seriously, this is free money. Come on now. Uh, Turns out we might have gone a little bit too far on that one. Unfortunately, we got a mea, mea culpa to unicorn somehow because Giants couldn't do it. And and this is the thing. I still love Knight just as much as I loved Knight when this started. And I do believe that Sunstar has taken a step forward. I mean, I think Quickshot said it best when he said Smitty J was having a shitty day. It, it's the best Quickshot pun we've heard in a while. <laughs> and it was a and it absolutely was deserved. Uh, he played terribly. And everything you said last week when you were trying to calm me down off the hype train of, but Smitty J makes mistakes, but Smitty J does these things. And I was like, no, but his teleports are good, though. Well, they were not. And he was not. And that's a problem. And Max Lore, I want to believe in you, man. I want to believe that you are an EU jungler that's going to stick around. I want you to be what Impaler should have been, a UK jungler that matters in the European scene. But you've got to be able to smite a Baron. You had three of them stolen from you in one weekend. Whoa, that is unacceptable. To be fair, to be fair, St. Vicious had a very long and illustrious career and he couldn't hit smite to save his life. I understand, but that's we're not in season two anymore. We can't get away with this. We have Season two? He was missing them on gravity. What are you talking about? I mean, look, I try to block out the St. Vicious on gravity era, okay? <laughs> There was a time where he was playing support. Let's just not uh, pretend like that was a thing that we needed to take seriously. He still plays support. If he ever plays ranked and you see him playing, he's either on a a support-only account or a jungle-only account. It's awesome. I love watching him play support. It's kind of funny. Look, Walter, if I wanted to get depressed, we'd start talking about Rockat. We don't need to go into this (laughs) here. (laughs) Don't worry. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get there. But Maxlor, Landsmite, please, for the love of God. This is a team that could have gone 2-2 this week easily if he just Landsmite. But he didn't. And to me, this is where, you know, you talk about H2K benefiting from the veteran experience on this team. I think Giants are really hurt by the youth on this team. When you're a team that goes 5-2-7, and what that tells me is that when you win, you feel great and you keep that going forward. And when you lose, you do not bounce back. And that's just not how best of five series works. So... Sorry, Giants. We are both going to agree. Giants is not the fourth best team in Europe. I think we can agree on this. I, I think we can agree, but where, where they rank the rest of the split, uh, you know, where the, whether they make the playoffs, I think they are. I think you can pretty much say they're probably a, a lock to make the playoffs. I think the, the explosiveness that Knight gives them really is the, the defining factor when you look at these other three teams that we're about to talk with. I'm not sure any of them really have that kind of explosive superstar like the Giants have. 
I mean, I was really tempted to do a Mike and the Mad Dog section, like the like in the traditional Bill Simmons Guest Alliance pod, where we go through each of these games. We didn't do it because we'd be repeating a lot of them, given a lot of these teams play each other. But I just want to point out, Giants' remaining schedule. Schalke, that's very winnable. Origin, incredibly winnable. Rocket, free money. And Vitality, totally winnable. They could go seven and one in these last eight games. Absolutely, that's in play. Or they could go. They could go one and seven. No, no, they're getting. <laughs> that's too guaranteed against Rocket. Let's be clear here. <laughs> I could see three and five. I could see them totally blowing the Vitality and Shulk series. But I, I, you know, there are some free wins there having to play Rocket and Origin the way that those teams are playing right now. I think that does matter. So. Certainly, they might finish fourth in the overall standings just from strength of schedule left, but I don't think this is a fourth base team. I think if you're going to the playoffs, you want to play Giants. Because in a best of five, unless they start 2-0, I think you punch them once, it's going to be like a heavyweight boxer. They get hit once, they're done. That's the team I want to play in the playoffs. Fair enough. We're going to move on uh, with a team with personalities as colorful as the suit that their coach wears every week. It's so, the unicorns so I have a of love. For you. I have a question for you. Can we like rewind time? Can we get like one of those like reverse symbol synth sounds and rewind you pouring one out for unicorns of love? Since once again, unicorns of love are just like, oh, this team is going to be awful. I don't know what they're doing. This team is look relegated. And oh, look at them. They're in sixth place and going to enter the playoffs. Look, I'm an East, I, hates us. I am an LCS gambling expert, not an <laughs> LCS expert. Those are two very different things. If you have learned anything from listening to this podcast, it is that as soon as we say something is definitive, it goes the other way. As soon as I realized that I was an envious fan, they tanked. As soon as I said Rocket was going to be a playoff team, they tanked. As soon as I said the unicorns of love and Giants gaming were trash, here we are. This is the world in which we live. But what's the excuse for Rocket then? Because you've been saying they're trash since week three of last season. I mean, yeah, but st- well, no, because I believed in the offseason. We signed Steelback. I believed That's true. again. That is true. I believed That's again. True. I got suckered in by them winning the game one against Vitality in the first week of the regular season in the spring. I got suckered in by going three and one in our first week in the summer. This was a three and one team that's seven and twenty one. We got This is not the team we're talking about. We're talking about Unicorns of Love. Stop sidetracking me. Unicorns of Love. <laughs> they they were not supposed to be good, and here we are. Walter, are they the fourth best team in Europe? No, I don't think they're the fourth best team in Europe because I think they have some massive consistency issues through the middle of the roster. Um, move, exile, Veritas. They've all had some moments. They they all have had some moments where I go, damn. This, they're playing better than I expected. Uh, Exile and Veritas in particular. Because Move, at one point, we thought he was going to be the rookie of the split in North America when he was on Gravity Gaming. He did have some some weeks in there. You know, for like it was like four or five weeks where we were like, who's better, Move or Rush? And then the last couple of weeks of the season going to the playoffs, he completely fell off a cliff, and Rush obviously won that battle. Um, but Exile and Veritas have definitely had some really good games. Exile on LeBlanc in particular has been very good. Veritas going into the longer range like Utility, alt sniping, Jin uh, and Ash has been rather impressive at times. Hillasan once again bringing out the Tarek to try and cheese people. You know, whatever. I I love like I love Chachi and Hillasan. I think they're really kind of unique players, and they do. Mm-hmm 
come up with interesting things, interesting you know ways to do things, whether it's champions, whether it's you know moving around the map, whether it's rotational. Their, their shot calling can be very intriguing at times. And I believe it's because of Hillisong and Vizachachi. They're the two guys that still embody that Unicorns of Love roster that beat TSM at IEM San Jose in 2014 with the Jungle TF pick. They're still the guys that played Shaco and Udyr. Like, they still bring that sort of identity to this roster. And these other three players that they've added have sort of been the supplementary pieces. How, how do we make them fit into our identity? And while it's not with unusual champion picks, it is with, okay, like whoever is carrying this game, we're going to 100% play around them. If Veritas is playing very, very well on Jin or Ash, they tweak their composition mid-game. They tweak their strategy mid-game to accommodate that. Okay, Veritas is playing Ash. He's been hitting all of his snipes. He's really far ahead. All right, Veritas, you're going to be the one. You're, you're calling all the engages now. You're the guy we're playing around. They've been very smart in terms of doing that. And when two of those three guys are on point, they look very good. The problem is it's been few and far in between when you know all three of those guys are on the same page or two of those guys are on the same page. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one of those guys playing very well can be enough, but not when you think about going into the playoffs and you're really going to have to bring your A game every single game in a best of five. Um, I think, like you said with Giants, they do have some youth issues where there's not a lot of experience among them in terms of playing in a you know really high-pressure competitive setting um, outside of Chachi and Hillisan. Move has only played like one playoff series. Veritas was in the Australian League and then moved into North American uh, Challenger Series. He wasn't very experienced in high-pressure situations. Exile is not very experienced in high-pressure situations. And again, it's just that sort of inconsistency between the middle three that I think is the problem. But you know what? Visit Chachin Hill saying they do have a considerable amount of experience. And you can see the way they lead this team, the shot calling that they have created. Hill saying in particular, you know what? I was hard on him. I said that it looked like, you know, given how Steelback was playing and, and some early mistakes from him as far as getting caught out early in the split, that maybe some of his problems were being exposed. But he kept on doing him, and now he's back to being the support that people always thought he could be. And it's it's just one of those things where, you know, this is where I got to swallow some pride here and say maybe I was too hard on Sheepy. I've always said that I thought the guy was a coach that – was too willing to kind of go with the flow, to kind of let players move in and out, to never really come up with that next step, that next plan to push this team forward. But what's helping them excel right now is that loosey-goosey attitude. It's the ability to let Hellasang play something like Tarek, to let Fizichachi be the carry that he wants to be, to let this team play champions that they're comfortable on. And, you know, honestly, if you told me that you could have move Veritas Visit Chachi and Hillisang playing at 100%. I, like, I would believe that team could be the fourth best team in Europe. I just, like you said, I don't think they ever do it at the same time. I think Move had an amazing series against Giants this past week. I thought that against Vitality, he really took a step back. I think that Exile had one of the worst Vladimir games I've seen in a while. That didn't go very well. Veritas had some arrows that were on point and some arrows that completely whiffed. And... That's just kind of been the nature of his season. And unfortunately, it's kind of hard to be the fourth place team in Europe when you play like that. But at the same time, I want to make it very clear that if I'm Splice, 
I really hope Unicorns of Love is not the sixth place team. I do not want to play them in the best of five. I do not really? know what's going to happen. I do not. Because if, if lightning strikes, and we know every single one of those guys, if it comes together, they are terrifying. They are a literal dark horse in this tournament in a way that I'm not scared of Shulk. I'm not scared of Vitality. I'm getting ahead of myself on this segment. But and I'm not scared of Giants. I know exactly what Giants is. I can game plan for Giants. Shut down Knight. Done. Game plan made. How do you game plan for Unicorns of Love? I don't know if Unicorns of Love game plan for Unicorns of Love. <laughs> I'm not convinced of this. I don't, I don't want to play them in a best of five. I really don't. This this Unicorns of Love roster feels spring split splice to me. Where they've got two guys, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare Chachi and Hillasong to Trashy and to Senkux, where we knew who were they who they were. We know what they're going to give us. Senkux was a pretty, pretty good mid laner last year in laning phase. Vizachachi is a great top laner in laning phase. And Hillasan and Trashy were the you know supplementary, supportive, shot-calling kind of guys. The problem with Splice and Spring Split was their support, Nisbeth, Kabe, and Wonderware. The three of them could never always get on the same page. And I think this Unicorns of Love roster is a little bit more progressed than that Splice roster was. But... I just don't see in a best of five series this roster being being able to come together in five, you know in at least three of the five games. It's that fifth game. It's going to be that fifth game that if they get to five games, that I feel Unicorns Love is going to fall apart in. Just because I'm just not sure that when the time comes, all three of those guys can succeed when they need to. It's been very inconsistent of when Move is playing well, when Exile is playing well, when Veritas is playing well. There's only been a couple of games where that happens. And honestly, I believe that the mid laner Knight has the ability to impact a game much more massively, has a higher chance to impact a game than Exile or Veritas or Move do. So I would be probably slightly more afraid of Giants than I would be Unicorns of Love. Um, but if I'm, if I'm Splice, I don't think I'm terribly worried about anyone outside of H2K, and that's just because of H2K's experience. Yeah, I'm not worried about any of these teams if I'm Splice, but I think very highly of them. I will point out, the road for the Unicorns of Love, if they want to be in the playoffs, they play G2, they play H2K, they play Splice, and they play Rocket. If they go 2-6 and six in that trend, I don't think that's enough to maintain the spot, given how close Shulk and Vitality are, and the strength of schedule we're seeing from them. I think they've got to pull some wins against some of these tough teams, so we're going to find out very quickly if they're good enough to contend. They have to grab at least a map off of Shulk and H2K, or they're going to have a really hard time holding up in the points, which is, again, why points are the stupidest thing in the world, but that's a rant for another day. We have to go on. Shulk04. They are a team that has won the hearts of Germans everywhere and won the hearts of everyone in the rafters who loves to yell, Steve, whenever possible. Walter, have they won your bid for being the fourth best team in Europe? They haven't won my bid for being the fourth best team in Europe, but they have won my heart. And Gilius, just keep plugging away, man. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> this, this team, they, they say it on the podcast every single time. This team lives and dies by Gilius, and it's 100% true. Gilius says that all the time. Like, true. <laughs> this is like... fine, fine, whatever. Everyone says it. This team lives and dies by Gilius, and it makes it entertaining. It makes it fun to watch. It just he he needs help, and Fox has been doing a pretty good job helping him carry 
But, you know, Steve and Rawls are just, in my mind, they don't do enough to when Gillies is having a bad game to help carry him. They just don't do enough. They're too safe. Their floor and their ceiling are like, we're going to put an Oreo cookie together, but we're going to take out that creamy filling. If you don't have that creamy filling, that's Gillius. That's, that's the difference between Steven Rawls' floor and ceiling. It's Gillius. You take out Gillius, Gillius is having a bad game. Their floor and their ceiling is the exact same. It's, there's no distance between those two cookies. It's still delicious. It's still cool to watch, and you get to yell Steve every time he does something cool, but you're missing that like creamy filling. And they need to figure out how to keep that creamy filling inside their cookie when Gillius isn't playing well. Does I, that make sense? That I, analogy went off on a really weird turn. I mean, I'm hungry now. I, if, if that's what you were going for, then I suppose it was a success. This is the, uh, you know, Schalke is a team that is average across the board with the potential to be great if Gilly Just like their football team. Oh, I don't watch German football, so I'm going to just agree blindly with that statement. <laughs> I, uh, I just... I mean, look, Fox is a good player. I, I think he's an upgrade over what they had before. I think he's a significant upgrade, in fact. But I don't think he's going to light the world on fire. I think Steve has had some great games. I don't think he lights the world on fire. Mr. Rollins and Sprattle are the definition of an average bot lane in the European LCS. If you're better than them as a bot lane, you probably deserve to be on a playoff team. If you're not, you probably don't. But at the end of the day, there is no other team in Europe that could split with Origin and Fnatic in the same week. And honestly, I feel the same way about both results. They beat themselves more than any team beats them. And I don't know how you fix that. It's certainly, it's not nearly enough consistency for me to believe that they can be the fourth best team. I think that they, you know, you, you have to believe that there is a floor at which they're able to play that keeps things consistent enough. They finally have something that they can plan around. But as long as they're that versatile and the difference between winning and losing is whether Gilius keeps his head on straight, this is your ceiling. Looking at their schedule, they still have to play G2. They still have to play Giants. The good news is they get to play Rocket and they get to play Vitality. If they beat Vitality, given how hard Unicorns of Love's schedule is, that could be enough to get them forward. And if they're in the playoffs... I'll say this, Walter. You're not scared of the Unicorns of Love like I am. Are you scared of Shulk in the playoffs? Because there's always that chance. Gilius just has to have a good I'm day. I'm scared of Gilius. I'm not scared of Shulk. I'll put it that way. That's I'm scared of Gilius. But the problem is Gilius, we, we've seen Gilius around for a while. He's played, you know, in Challenger Seed. He played on Unicorns of Love before they replaced him with Kick-Ass. He's been around for a little while. And at no point, I am so sorry, Gilius, that I'm saying this about you. But at no point has he ever been able to put it together long enough to become a real credible threat for one of the best junglers in Europe. Yeah. It hasn't happened yet. And after almost two, two and a half years, he, it just doesn't seem like he's going to become that guy. And he's turning into J.R. Smith. You're going to get some of these Ooh. games where J.R. Smith gets on a heat check and he scores 35 points. And then you're going to get some other games where he plays 35 minutes and, you know, trips on his own shoelaces at minute 40. Like The worst part happen. of that metaphor now is that J.R. Smith has a ring and Gilius likely never will. It's just really, this is the world we live in. I, look, he's you been know, the other thing, but you know the one thing that they both will never have? 
15 million dollars a year. Nice try, JR. Oh man. Uh he tried. He tried so hard. I mean, look, this was a guy that back in the day had some personality issues, really grew up, made a new name for himself, did some good stuff on Gamers 2. Similar to JR Smith. Yeah, no, the the <laughs> metaphor holds up. The the key there is that we've seen him on Unicorns of Love since July of 2015. He has been in the European LCS. Uh, now we are now on a, a full almost three splits. It's just not happening. If his consistency was going to be there, he was going to get there. And he keeps talking like, oh, but God Gilius is on the way. It's just like the Captain Marvel movie that Marvel keeps saying they're going to do. It's like, no, don't worry. We're going to have a female superhero. It's just, it's just going to happen. You know, it's too, you know, it's going to be another year. Just keep waiting. Don't worry. It's going to happen. Totally. Don't, don't lose faith or anything. This is totally going to be a thing. And then, you know, whether we see it or not, we'll probably be so, far too late for so people to care. We're going to keep going to our final potential fourth best team in Europe. A team that we thought was down and out, but it turns out they might just have the vitality needed to stick around now that they've moved on from a player that was mighty in, in bare spirit, but maybe not in ganking potential. They are now a 13-15 and 15 team that is only two points out of fourth place. Vitality, Walter. Can they be the fourth best team in Europe? Here's the thing. They're only two points behind being in fourth place. If anybody besides H2K is going to be in fourth place, I think it's going to be Vitality. Mm. Because I think they have the experience. I think the talent that they have across the board is much, you know, much higher. It's about the same level as H2K. I think across the board they are more talented except in the AD carry position. Um, you know, almost comparatively across the board. You know, three out of their, their five players are going to be more talented than the players on the other teams. The problem is then that they were just massively underperforming. Nuke Duck, massively underperforming. Kossing, massively underperforming. Shook is now getting back into the swing of things, but their jungle position was massively underperforming. And I think Shook just fits Nuke Duck and Cabochard better. I think he just knows how they like to play. I think he knows how to gank for them. I think he knows how to call for them. I think they're a very strong 2v2 when you compare them to any of the other teams on this list. I would take Shook and Cabochard over... Oduwamne and Yankos. I would take Shook and Cabochard over Yankos and Ryu. I think they're that talented, and they proved it last split that they were that talented until teams finally figured them out and were able to exploit them in the playoffs. I think this vitality plays a little bit differently than the team did last split. Um, I think they are still sort of one note, but I think that everybody's sort of been underappreciating them, not really taking them as seriously because they've been towards the bottom of the packs for so long. We look at their schedule. They're playing against H2K and Giants this week. When we look out to week nine, they're playing against G2, which is probably a loss, and Shulk. So they're playing against three of the teams that are currently above them that are in their way. I just think if I'm putting my money on which teams I think are going to be fourth place, I think you have to go with the experience and the talent, which are H2K and, and Vitality, despite the fact that Vitality has struggled at times this split. I mean, let's put it this way. Yes, they had a 3-1 and one week last week, and this is always a nice thing. But this is a team that went 2-2 two and two the week before and 1-3 and three the week before that. So overall, they're 6-6 six and six in their last 12 games. And the reason for this is they don't do well against good teams. They got 2-0'd by Splice. They got 2-0'd by Fnatic. And they split maps with Shulk and Unicorns of Love. 
Now, they get a second chance at Schalke, and that's going to be very key as to whether they move forward. But we need to see them put it together in back-to-back games, and that's the one thing that I have not seen. There are moments where I watch this team, and I'm like, this is the vitality that finished third place last split. The team that just understands how to play around Cabochard, how to make sure that their mid lane is in a good enough spot with some well-timed Shook ganks, that they have the team fighting potential, they secure the Dragons, they do a good job of of maintaining vision. Causing has always been good, even when they've been playing at their worst, at maintaining vision. That's always been one of his strengths. And you can see that. And then in the other games, I see the team that got 3-0'd by Fnatic in the first round of the playoffs. And got absolutely just the shit kicked out of them when they were supposed to be this top tier team because they couldn't manage to put it all together and turn it into something deeper. Four of their five players, by the way, are in the top five for their position in KDA. Police has a 5.91 KDA, which is insane. Except when you look at these deeper numbers, you realize that a lot of it comes from the fact that they just don't die. But they don't pick a lot of fights. They're a team that... You know, if Cloud9 always likes to say we would rather lose quickly than die slowly, Vitality is like, nah, dying slowly sounds fine. Like, just choke us out. It'll be fun. Maybe we'll get lucky and turn a fight around. That's just how they play. They don't take risks. They don't make the same big moments that a team like Shulk or Giants or Unicorns of Love are capable of. And that's what's so exciting. You know, we went through all five of these teams. And at the end of the day, you've got three teams in the category of Anything is possible. They've got big playmakers that could go off on any given time and really make a difference. And you've got two teams who have a very distinct system who are going to play exactly the way that they've always played throughout this entire split and have a bit of consistency there. And the question is whether the teams that they have to go up against are going to rise to the occasion. Can Shulk overcome the consistency issues? Can Unicorns of Love put together this crazy run where all of them are on the same page at the same time. How far can Knight and Sonestar take this giant squad and can Maxlor learn how to hit a frickin' smite? A lot of it's going to be up in the air. We're going to know a lot more after this week. But it is that really interesting divide between veterans who are consistent but maybe haven't reached anything overwhelmingly exciting and young guys who you never know what's going to happen, but boy, are they fun when it comes together. And I personally can't wait to see who wins this game. If you had to pick right now, Walter, who's your pick to finish fourth? If I have to pick right now, I'm going to say Vitality. I think the addition of Shook is massive for them. Like I said, I think that he just gets his mid lane and his top laner better than Mighty Bear did. I think because of the fact that he's such a famine-style jungler... It really allows more resources to go to those two lanes. Police is perfectly content with being a utility kind of guy. And let's not forget, towards the end of the split in the spring, that was when Nuke Duck really started to turn things around and really started to figure things out. So I'm going to say that my choice is Vitality for fourth. And I think they will be a very interesting matchup for, for either Fnatic or G2 going into the semifinals. Uh, I'm going to... Curse the team here because every team I pick slowly but surely dies. I think Giants gets the fourth seed. Giants has the easiest schedule by far. They get Origin and Rocket in their last four games. And Vitality and you know is not something that has been so overwhelmingly 
consistent that I don't believe they could at least split that series. And if Gilius has a bad day, suddenly Giants are six and two or seven and one in their last eight games. And I think in their worst case scenario, they still get at least four wins. I don't know if I feel as confident about any other team pulling that off. There are a lot of these teams that can take games off of each other, whereas Giants just has to beat up on some bad teams. And I would I, I feel more confidently in them beating up on who we know is terrible than all of these teams fighting amongst themselves and potentially lowering each other's potential. Sorry, Giants fans. The law of Wassenaar states your team will now be in relegation. Oh, Good yeah. having the eighth seed. You somehow are going to lose to everyone but Rocket now because <laughs> it's not quite that bad of a curse, but that's where we're going. Uh, let's go through these games. We're going to rapid fire because we obviously, this was the majority. There's just too many things interesting about these teams. But let's go in. By the way, last week, we went one and two in our smart money bets. We already went over how we really thought the Giants was going to get that two over Unicorns of Love. Sorry, guys. Uh, we did take Vitality for the 2-0 over Rocket. Doing the spite bet against Rocket has continued to be the most successful thing we have ever done on this podcast. That got us plus 131. And we had Splice to get plus 195 over G2 on blue side. The correct answer was red side. I hate best of twos. I hate best of twos. I hate best of twos. So we went one and two on the week. That's minus $69. But we still, if you've bet on every single one we've recommended for you guys, that's $353 we've made you since the beginning of the split. That's free money just by being a fan of the podcast, people. Hopefully you're say, taking advantage of it. I will say one thing about that Splice series. If it had gone to three games, Splice would have won it. Oh, absolutely. Splice would have won that series hand. They were playing exceptionally well. And if it wasn't for a couple of, couple of mistakes in the one loss, you know, G2 was not close to them. And let's start. That takes us to our game of the week, which is the first game of the week. It's Fnatic versus Splice. This is a Splice team that just proved they could clearly hold their own against a top-tier team in G2. They played amazingly in that series and then proceeded to crush the underlings that are Giants gaming at this point. They just clearly cementing themselves as a tier above anyone in that four through eight range we just broke down. Walter, what do you think they need to do if they're going to be able to take out Fnatic here? Well, the, the thing with Fnatic is that they really revolve around Spirit and Spirit playing very well. Even with the departure of Gamsu and, and bringing Kikis in, Kikis just brings them a little bit more time, uh, timeliness on their teleports. Uh, a really kind of focused top laner who does very well in split push scenarios and, and just is very smart with the teleport timings. Um, but it's going to be, they're going to play through Spirit and the Splice needs to use their five role player strat. There is no more star on this team. Everyone is playing very well. Trash is playing well. Mikey's playing well. Kabi's playing well. Wonderware is playing well. Senkux is playing well. Senkux is no longer the sole star on this team. These are five guys who have all massively improved since the spring split, and any one of them, with the exception of the support player, sorry supports out there, there's no such thing as a carry support anymore, but any of them can carry the game. Uh, that being said... I have Fnatic at minus 175. Okay, you get this one. I gave Splice a little bit too much credit. I said I've been high on them this entire podcast. I think they're very capable of winning this series. I think Fnatic, however, is clearly the favorites. They've put you know so many good games together. And, and, and let's face it, the Kickus move worked. People had some doubts. I, I kept saying this Kickus guy's pretty darn good. I didn't like it when G2 let him drop. Fnatic showing exactly why this guy deserves to be an LCS top laner. 
Uh, I said minus 160. It is minus 179. And I think it does come down to the top lane. I think if Kickus can beat up Wonder, I think that's going to be enough to give Spirit some easy gank potential. But if Wonder can hold his own and plays that Tom Kench again, which God did I love seeing a top lane Tom Kench. I'm like the only person who gets excited when Tom Kench is back in the meta, but I'm excited to see what Splice does here. I, I absolutely agree. I think Wonderware versus uh, versus Kickus is very interest very interesting matchup. I'm actually going to give the advantage slightly to Wonderware. I think he's a little bit better in the laning phase, um, but it really depends if Fnatic sets up uh, sets themselves up into a split push contest. I give Fnatic the advantage just because Kickus has the timing down for TPs. Even on this new team, he just instinctually knows when to teleport. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a, a great, great series, honestly. Yeah, I'm just looking forward. You know, if, if Europe's going to have one great hope going into Worlds, it's the idea of what can Kickus and the rest of this Fnatic squad be when they finally get more time to gel together. Uh, next series, H2K versus Vitality. We've gone through both of these teams incredibly thoroughly. This is going to have huge playoff ramifications. Walter, what do you think is the biggest difference maker here, and where do you put the line? It's going to come down to uh, which of the solo laners, which two solo laners really can carry the game uh, for their team. Freeze has not been playing very well for H2K, so H2K can't really rely on him to carry, especially with the wrist injury. Um, consistently, he did have some moments last week where he was playing very, very well. But like I said earlier, they're really predictable. Going with the, the Victor in the Azir mid lane and going with Caitlyn, it just seems so obvious like we know that's how h2k is going to play and what they're going to want to do it's really going to come down to which solo lane pair so for h2k oduamne and ryu versus cabo shard and nuke duck for vitality which of those two can really get off strong which of them can really control the game and control team fights and you know really win the game it, that's where it is you have to rely on your veteran star players and for Vitality, you know, that's their solo lanes. That's the guys they spent the big bucks for. Uh, that being said, H2K is currently in fourth place. I have H2K at minus 160. Okay, you get this one as well. I, uh, I gave H2K too many respect points. I thought that people were going to be slow to pick up on the same things you and I did, that Vitality is actually a pretty decent team right now. Uh, I said minus 200. It is minus 164. So you got that almost exactly. I've been within four points on the first two. Yeah, you're on a roll. Let's see. Nice day, man. Let's see if you can keep it up for round three. Origin versus Giants. One of these teams is contending for a playoff spot. One of them really needs to have his mom get off of social media when uh, getting in arguments with former employees, whether or not they were paid by you guys or not. They were doing work for you. Oh, come on now, Origin. I'm just going to rephrase this back to you real quick. One of these teams is in the hunt for the playoffs. One of these teams is already in the playoffs, because Origin's only four point out of the, four points out of the playoffs, and Toaster looked okay. He didn't look like the brave little Toaster. He looked like a full grown up Toaster that you know might be able to pull off a couple things here and there. Really? Uh, but no. You're going. You're going in. All it takes <laughs> is a two over Rocket, and suddenly we're convinced <laughs> that this is a decent team. I mean, they went. They went three and one last week. Yeah, against Shulk, and, and, and they, and that was not even Origin Dargo. It's still, it's still three and one. Gilius threw no, that I, game. Come I'm, on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really on board with. I'm not really on board the Origin train. I just had to infuriate you because I knew you were going to the off the off the field issues with uh, Origin. Well, it worked. Uh, hopefully, you infuriated me. Congratulations. <laughs> 
hopefully those things don't impact the product on the field, but I think Giants have the two best players on the rift, essentially, in, in night, and I think that Maxlor is uh, better than, you know, better than Soaz and amazing at this point. But Origin, if they do want to win, play through Soaz. Just keep playing through Soaz, get amazing up there, ganking form early on, really make it so he has a lot of pressure that he can put on Smitty J. Again, Soaz is really good with his teleport timings as well, much like Kickus. Really smart. If you get him on something like Shen, where he's got two abilities to teleport bottom, you're really going to be making uh, Smitty J work for it. You're really going to be putting a lot of decisions and timing into his hands. So really pressure the guy. That being said, I've got Giants at minus 200. Okay, I get this one. Uh, this is one of those lines where I, I, I'm trying to understand Unicorn. I really am. Uh, I said minus 170 for Giants. It is Giants minus 118. You get Origin at minus 111 as the underdog. Oh, man, you're going to make me say something that I said last week and it didn't turn out. <laughs> <laughs> Take the Giants 2-0, goddammit! <laughs> Look, Giants had a rough week last week. That is very true. But you know what? One of those losses was to Splice, who's really good. And the other one was against Unicorns of Love, which could have easily gone the other way if they just didn't let Move keep stealing so many Barons. Seriously, Move, save some Barons for the rest of the league. You're kind of hogging them. See, what, what's going to happen is there's one of two things you can root for here if you go for the 2-0 for Giants. You either win your bet and have a 2-0 for Giants and make some money, or we get to see the origin run at the end of the split that's somehow going to make them avoid relegations, and they're going to get into the gauntlet, and then they're going to win the gauntlet I a swear, Cloud 9 from last year. If they get the 7 spot and pull a Cloud 9, <laughs> I quit esports. I'm just done. I'm just I'll, saying, I'll never watch a league. I'm, it, it's in play. That's the sad part. It's totally in play. Narrative-wise, it makes sense. Narrative-wise, it makes sense because then Riot has a pre-built narrative going to last split. Well, can Origin pull off what Cloud9 couldn't last split? And the answer will be a resounding no. So are you saying that you want to make uh, Giants plus 242 to get the 2-0 over Origin a smart money bet? You would be stupid not to. <laughs> Well, that's good because we've got two other uh, smart money bets that I think are going to come up. I think I know where our three are going to be. There's very few times where I look at the lines and I say, I know exactly what three we're going for. But this week, they made it easy for us, which I appreciate. So let's look at uh, the next series, G2 versus Unicorns of Love. Uh, we both said some nice things about Unicorns of Love. Clearly, they've got some consistency issues. G2... You know, can you just play two maps in a row? Like, I understand that you don't need to anymore. You've proven that you're never going to get 0-2'd in a series, and you always just crush opponents in game two. But, like, maybe take game one seriously? I, like, is it just me, or are they sandbagging it? Is this, is this the closest Europe is going to get to Chinese sandbagging? I mean, come on. They went on vacation during MSI. <laughs> How much more sandbagging can you get? They were literally on sand. Because oh, we're, we're making the metaphor of they went on vacation, so they're obviously on a sandy beach somewhere. <laughs> Not actually in China. Those were robots that, you know, that Ocelot purchased with his vast majority of wealth and sent in their stead and forgot to program them how to play League of Legends. <laughs> oh, wait, that was SKT. My bad. Oh, man. Anyways, uh, whatever. They're the best team in Europe. They're still going to be in Pool B because of some poor decisions on their part, and they're going to get spanked by the number one and two Chinese slash Korean teams. So, whatever. G2 is going to beat Unicorns of Love at minus 333. Okay, I get this one. 
God, I didn't go high enough. I said no. You went too high. I what? Said, I said minus three twenty. Yeah. It's minus two sixty three. Okay, that's Which, disrespectful. Well, well, here's yeah. It's not only is it disrespectful. That's the same line G two got against Splice last week. So not only is it disrespectful to G two, it's disrespectful to Splice. Splice is the third best team. They've got twenty four points. We're comparing an eighteen and ten team to a thirteen and fifteen team and saying that we should be treating them the same way. On what grounds? Nothing. Nothing is. Nothing is disrespectful as Giants being minus one eighteen against Origin, though. There's nothing more. I mean, there's nothing more offensive than that. Yeah, but you like, don't need to pile on, though. Let Let's keep going. Shulk versus Rocket. One of these teams <laughs> is a League of Legends team. The other one is resembling one, and wear okay. jerseys and are supposedly professional players. So, so here's where I make my point. I'm gonna make. I, I I've been warning Chase. I'm about to make a point. Just so you know, last split, two of Rocket's four wins came in week seven and week nine. Let's not forget who they beat. They beat Unicorns of Love. And then who was that other team? Who was the one team that Rocket 2 0 last split, Chase? It was Vitality. Yeah. It was Vitality. And Shock feels. You know, kind of boring like Vitality was last split. But, but so Schalke was the third saying. best team in Europe, whereas Schalke is barely clinging on to seven. I mean, I'm just saying they only have one. They, they, they aren't doing great. They've only got eight points. I think they're going to get to double digits here at some point. Oh, man. I think they take a map off of Schalke. This just feels like it's Gilius. Anything can happen. He could have a terrible game and Rocket could win because Betsy and Steelback are so great. So I would not look at this. And go. This is a blatant 2-0. This is nothing to see here, folks. Let's just let's just move on. Rocket does do some funky things at the very beginning and the very end of splits. So let's just pay attention to that. And smart gamblers need to remember this because perhaps you will want to take a chance on Rocket at some point here to win a game. Oh man, you and I are on such different wavelengths. Because as a Rocket fan. I saw Steelback, whose spirit just got more and more broken over the course of the week as he realized that no matter what he did, it was never going to matter. I saw Betsy just checked out. I saw Parang and Ray still somehow being considered LCS players. This team's done. There's no fight in them. You know, this, this, is, this is Steelback's tryout for shock for next split. I don't, well, it's his try. Look, he can go wherever he wants to go this offseason. Sven's your first call if he's somehow free. Reckless, Sven? maybe, if Sven, he's free. Sven, Sven's not leaving G2. No, I don't that think they are. But assuming, I'm, I'm just saying, of the people that are likely to be available, you are correct. I, I say he's the number one call. I think that he is an incredible player who absolutely realizes that there's nothing he can do on this team. He's got nothing left to prove. And Betsy's just, he just looks empty. Like, he just looks like I look after a Rocket game. It's just that same empty stare towards the computer screen, just wondering, how did I get here in my life? You know, questioning every decision that led to this moment. I, I just don't, I don't believe they have that fight in them. I believe the old Rocket, you know, they were playing for some weird seating. They'd taken some maps here and there. They weren't completely out of it. This team is done. This team is five points behind the next closest team, and they just gave them three points because they couldn't take a map off of Origin. I'm done. I'm done with this team. They're not going to exist when the ch- when the promotion series is done. I'm just preparing for it now. Where do you put the line, Walter? 
Well, calm down. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> Just someone it's needs not, to talk me off the not, ledge. That's not the I end of the world. Now. It's not the end of the world. You got Dwight Howard in Atlanta. You can be a Hawks fan. <laughs> that doesn't make me good. feel better. I'd rather have Mel Horford. I'm it's all good. I hate everything about this. It's all good. It's all, they went to your second favorite team, the Celtics. There you go. Oh, you still a cheer for Horford. You just got Dwight Howard now. And no one talk about now. second Don't. favorite teams. How dare you? How dare you? I am just trying to tilt you on this podcast, and it's working so well. <laughs> we I have, have Shulk. I have Shulk at minus two twenty-five. <laughs> uh, I you're gonna get this one. No. I said Shulk minus 240. It's Shulk minus 179. Whoa! So you can get Shulk to get the 2-0 at plus 143. And that is the only bet we have hit every single time we've made it. So will you come with me on this journey, Walter? No, because they're going to win one of these stupid matches. No, they're not! It doesn't matter. No, we said this last split. Let us rewind to week nine of the spring split. Zzz. You know, Chase, Rocket, they're going to win this game against Vitality because at this moment, it means nothing. No, no, and then the next day, they're going to lose that game to Giants because it means everything. That's exactly it. That <laughs> game only mattered if they could then play Giants, and that's what cursed them. They have made it so there is nothing they could possibly do that matters. Even if they win this game, it does nothing. It means they, nothing. It amounts to nothing. They should be spending every ounce of their time trying to figure out how the f*** they're not going to lose to Millennium. <laughs> Let alone misfits. If they're spending any amount of time scouting an LCS team, they are wasting their time. <laughs> all right, all right. Let, let me think about this. Let me think about if we're okay. gonna spite bet. If we're gonna spite bet uh, Rocket twice in one podcast. I'm just saying it's the only bet that we've won the last two weeks. It is our best special. Splice versus H2K. Well, actually, there's been a a, a move around of the of the schedule. Oh, it goes Lord. to Giants and Vitality first because they want Origin and Fnatic in the nightcap. Because I guess people want to see Origin and Fnatic. I, I don't... Maybe people really like toasters. I'm not sure. But it starts with Giants versus Vitality. Talked about both of these teams long enough. Walter, where do you see the line? Oh, see, I, I kept, I kept the, uh, the casinos hate Giants. I went Vitality minus 135. Okay, I get this one. Damn it! Because they don't hate Giants as much as you think. Are you kidding me? I said Giants minus 130. It's minus 125. Okay. Vitality is the upset at minus 105. Stay away. Yeah, absolute stay away. There's no value here. Stay away. It's, uh, this, is, this is completely different than Giants and Origin, where one of those teams is clearly better. Both of these teams could totally beat the other one at any given time. Just don't do it. Enjoy the series. It'll be a fun one with playoff implications. Just don't gamble. H2K versus Splice. This is where you learn whether the casinos take Splice seriously or not. Damn. This is the moment. Because if we believe in Splice, we believe they are the actual third best team, then they have to be favorites here. Because H2K has not looked like that team. I'm ready for a Hungry Box style pop-off here when this isn't the case. I have Splice at minus 175. Okay, you get this one. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> because I said splice minus 180. It is splice minus 130. Which gives H2K even odds. That's awful. But at least they didn't make H2K favorites. That's, That's all fair. I have to say. I, I'm going to throw out there. I already threw out before the Shulk plus 143 to get a two over Rocket. 
Splice plus two thirteen to get a two zero over H two K. I'm just throwing it out there as a number to ponder. You keep I'll, that in I'll your mind. That's that's a lot of value, right there, for a series where I think the gap between third and fourth in Europe is huge. I think it's massive. I think you're you're absolutely right. I just like I said, H H two K's experience worries me a little against Splice and against the other teams that are below them. You know that, what? That's the one thing. Here's the one thing that worries me, is that we, after map one, H2K gets crushed, and suddenly we hear someone shout in the crowd, By God, that's Forgiven's music! And we just hear him come down WWE <laughs> style, and the whole thing just turns around, and now I'm terrified of our bet. That is really the one thing that could concern me. And it is I'm a sorry, your Jim Ross impersonation is awful. It's I look. <laughs> I'll be honest, I only know it from the internet meme. I I tried I tried my best. WWE fans will get a massive laugh, like chuckle out of that because it was really bad. Look, but I appreciate the effort. You went for it. You went for it. I I, I I'm it. here to entertain at the end of the day, as long as I'm doing that. And it gives me a reason to get up in the morning because surely Rockat's not that reason. What is Forgiven's en- theme song? What is his entrance music? I'm, I'm just going to say it's f- the police. Oh, fair. I would say Ladies and Gentlemen by Saliva. I could just see him shouting at the crowd, Do you want it? Do you need it? See, but I, I, feel, it? I feel like that song is like is more of like a guy in like a, like a total douchebag. Like yeah, so Forgiven. So for no, but, a total but, douche. But he's he's more like the scrappy like fighter. I'm gonna break your jaw with my fist. Not like this. Like I'm gonna take over your company because I'm a. Okay, so what about War by Sick Puppies? That that works. That would I work. Can see that. I can see that. Which I, see that. I just feel it's something really aggressive and angry. Yes, it, it would just have to be in your face. Super aggressive and angry. Uh, let's so, move- N- NWA. We'll save that for uh, for our theme music <laughs> podcast, which will come out later this year, I'm sure. Uh, G2 versus Schalk. G2 is the best team in the region. Schalk is a team that we have a lot of question marks about. It really depends on which version shows up. Where do you see the line, Walter? How do you put a line on a game where Schalk could at any point in time have God Gilius in play? Well, I just have to say, just like with J.R. Smith, all I see are threes. I have G2 at minus 333. Okay, you get this one. Yes. Which means I have to win the next two to win the week, and I don't think that's going to happen. I said minus 400. I don't understand why you know a team that's in seventh place should be close to the clear first place team, but I am apparently incorrect. It is minus 303. So they're seeing threes too. They're seeing threes as well. There you go. I like it. Yeah, you're, it's a, it's a little disrespectful, but at the same time, my problem is you're looking at them as they're the seventh place team. I just see a huge clump of five teams that are below splice. Okay, there is no real like, there is no place yet. All five of those teams are all like the same tier, basically. To I'll, me, I'll put it this so. way: Would you ever take Shulk at plus two twenty? Probably not, because I haven't seen Gilius ever put together two amazing games, and that's what it would take. He would need to play two of the best games of his career in a row, and it won't happen. Well, I will say it's best of one, right? And G2 always fumbles the first map. You could take And, and the first map is Shulk on blue side. It's throwing all those factors out there to keep rattling in your brain. But 
We've got one more series here that uh, for a good spite bet, and then one more to wrap it up. Unicorns of Love versus Rocket. You know, you know what I'm gonna say. We should do. As I know. Smart I know. Let's go. I know. Where do you see the line for this? I have the same line that I had for Shulk. That's Unicorns of Love two twenty five. You get this one and with it the week. Yes. It is the same line uh, that it is against Shulk at Unicorns of Love minus 179, which means we could get Unicorns of Love plus 143 to get the 2-0 over Rock at. Money, money, money. I, I'm just saying, how many weeks do we get a chance to spite bet Rock okay. at twice so, and take Giants to get a 2-0 over Origin at over plus 200? So here's what I'm going to say. Do we want to be really ballsy? Just take all four? Take all four? Um, I mean, yes. I absolutely believe they're going going for this week. That would give you how plus, confident are you in with that? Plus four ninety two. Plus four ninety two. I take that in point zero five seconds. Rocket's done. I'm done. I I you know there's the five stages of acceptance, and I've just accepted it. We're a terrible team. We're going to get relegated. I'm gonna have a day. It's gonna be uh, you know <laughs> the only thing that Rockhead has given me, and I'm gonna this is gonna be a personal moment here. So feel free to fast forward like a minute if you don't want this. But the only thing that I love about this Rockhead season is that unlike when Team Coast got relegated, I've, I'm seeing it coming. I know they're done. I know that Rockhead is not gonna have an LCS team next split. They are a terrible team filled with two of the five worst players in the league. I don't know if Memento is one of the worst yet, but he didn't look great. They're going nowhere. They found a way to break Betsy's spirit and break Steelback's heart. And I don't have to care anymore. They're done. They're a terrible, terrible team. And instead of having a day where I have to watch a series that I thought for sure we were going to win and watch it all fall apart and crumble and have to wonder what I'm supposed to do, now I can spend this whole thing just saying to myself, you know what? We had a good run. We had two years where we were one game away from winning Worlds. We had a whole month in the offseason last year where Yankos, Vander, and Nuke Duck were still re-signed, and everything was going to be great. Imagine adding Steel back to that, for the record, and what this Rockat team could have been. It's over. It's done. I, 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 I will not mourn what is here. I will be grateful for what has happened. It's just like that scene in Dante's Inferno. Just abandon hope, all ye who enter here. This is how Rocket ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. And other quotes that I could throw out there right now. That's where I am. I'm done with this team. Let's just let's just move forward. You know, you know, folks, he's just praying for the euthanasia right now. He's just praying that they come in, they put it out of its misery, and they that yeah. it's done. You know, Dude. he's been ready for this. He's been warned. Look. And he is gonna be with them until their very last breath. He's going to be in there, in the room with them. Yeah, I'll be right not there. not going to shed any tears. As the heart monitor just starts beating more and more slowly until finally it's just that final lifeline beep. I'm going to be there till the end, but I've made peace with it. It would be a better experience if they just decided, you know what? We forfeit the last two weeks of the regular season. There's no point. We'll start preparing for, vi- for Millennium and we'll just pray. That would help us with our 4-0 this week. Yeah, I look... <laughs> That's look. I'm telling you right now, the 4-0 bet against Rocket at plus 492. I want to take more than any bet I've ever recommended on this podcast. Give we, me this minute that we, we're going to talk about. We need about one more line. Yeah, Origin and Fanatic. For whatever reason, we flex this game. 
Because apparently there are people that still want to see Origin and Fnatic play each other. Is it is it sad with all the news that happened with Origin? I just want to see Origin completely fail. Like no, I, I said this last week. I think Soaz is done, which is sad because for for all the arrogance and douchebagginess that Soaz has on Twitter, same thing with Amazing. For the the personalities that they have, the Trump esque personalities that they have, I would miss them. I want to see them back on their feet. I'm gonna. I would miss them. Mm-hmm. This brand, I don't miss this brand. This brand could fold in a heartbeat, and I'd be like, okay, perfect, done. We're moving on. Yeah. And then, and then, my boy Carlos Asalat Rodriguez would finally have beaten Expecte in something. He and already has. For the last time, he would have killed his foe, his greatest foe, his mortal enemy, would have been slain in front of him. Look, I understand that Ocelot and Reggie managed to pull this off, but there's a difference between being a good League of Legends player and being able to run a business. Expeke has no idea what he's doing. The fact that his mom is in charge at all is pretty a pretty terrible sign. You don't mix family and business. That's like rule number one they teach you with these things. And she handles it terribly. We've seen the logs. If you understand even a bit of Spanish, you know how disrespectful she was towards literally everyone who chose to leave. And I don't, you know, the clarification they posted just was filled with such arrogance. I just, I don't understand how Xpeke got to this point. I, I think it's just gotten away from him. And at this point, yeah, please, anyone buy out this team. Make sure that, you know, if so as Power of Evil, amazing, they want to go play somewhere else. Toaster seems like he has some promise. Like, these players individually are fine, but you know what, Xpeke? If this is really how you view the people that put all that time and effort into making your social media happen, if this is how you treat people that display genuine grievances with your organization and who you took advantage of while paying them nothing, and you're going to make this entire statement basically saying, come at us in court if you have a problem with us. I don't understand how, how you let yourself be that person because that's not who you were. And I don't understand if it's just because you let this or get away from you or whatever else. But I am I am so done. I hope or, we don't hear Xpeke's name again. In or this no, no, no. Or, you know, he's this is what's going to happen. He's going to close Origin after they get relegated. He's going to go re-sign to much fanfare with Fnatic. And he's just going to stream for the rest of his life. And... No one's going to care because Origin will have just been a, a faint twinkle in someone's eye that, yeah, okay, they made the semifinals at Worlds in, in 2015. Eh, whatever. It'll be a blip, just like all the other blips of all the terrible things that happened within the League of Legends scene. That, that whole thing was handled so horribly from start to finish and with such a lack of respect and decency for people that put in all that time and effort. I don't know how you do that. Other people will welcome you back. You'll be fine. And you'll be looking at people like me. You won't care. You'll be raking in your money. But I'm not going to forget. And I hope that there are some people out there who don't forget either. But that's all I have to say about that. I, I'm, a, I'm a lot madder about it than I thought. Yeah, that, that got real. Yeah. That got real real quick. You went from <laughs> talking about Rocket, like a, a de- dying dog or a, a sick grandparent, to awful awfulness that's happening in Origin. Uh, I'm just going to end it right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Fanatic, minus 300. You get this round. I will I, walk away with the week. Congratulations. Even now, this time, if I'd gotten the Steve handicap, I wouldn't have won because you win by four points this week. I said Fanatic minus 400. I don't think Origin's good. And I don't think that what's going on in their organization is going to help them be a more stable franchise. But it's minus 263. Whatever. I, I'm not, I wouldn't bet Origin plus 195 if life depended on it. But we got to come up with the smart money bets. 
Can you please, please, please? Let's do the rock at gets 04. It goes oh, thank 04. you so much. Let me calculate real quick. Let's go rock at goes 04. I got it. Let's make it a bunch of sweeps. Let's let's do Giants 2-0's origin. Rock at goes 0-4 and, and splice 2-0's H2K. I'm feeling it this week. Let's go big. I absolutely believe that that's the right let's way. Let's go big. Folks, you guys can't split up the two Rockettes series. Totally understand, but we're going all in on the hate bet here on the show. All in on it. Yeah, we only get to make three bets, and the smartest bet you can make, if you only make one bet this week, bet for Rockat to lose every single game because they're terrible. They are a terrible team that deserves no respect, and plus 492 for something that happens probably more than 50% of the time is the best odds you're ever going to get. Absolutely. I Actually, let, let's play a game, Walter. When was the last time Rockat won a game this season? Uh, it wasn't last week. It wasn't the week before. I'm going to say week four. They took a game off of H2K of all teams in week five. They took a game off of Unicorns of Love in week, uh, in week four. And they have not won anything else since week two. <laughs> That's it. Those are our games. We're just praying that they don't win another map until next week. That's all it's coming down to. I'm just praying that, you know, someone's kind to them when they take them behind the barn in that old yeller scene that's due to come. That's all I ask. Just Millennium, do right by them. Do well in the relegation series. If you beat Rockat and then get your ass kicked two series in a row, that'll make me sad. This podcast has been an interesting one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. (laughs) I, uh, it had a really high mid and early. It was really good at the beginning and the end, in the middle. And then towards the end, we just were like, let's just get sad. It just escalated really quickly. I mean, it got out of hand fast, really, at the end of the day. But if you enjoy this kind of thing, uh, you can get it on my social media basically all the time because this is genuinely who I am as an individual. You can find me at Redshirt King. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore or LOL. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm going to actually do that bet. I'm going to actually do the 4-0 over on Unicorn. You should. You guys will see the picture on my, on my Twitter feed at some point, probably today or tomorrow. But Everyone I think I'm going to do it. Should. I think I'm going to do it. They are a terrible team. They are one of the worst teams to play in the LCS in a long time. But you know what? If you want to see us live tweeting how terrible they are or how much fun all of the other games are, you should definitely follow us at Rough Drafts Pod. So many games with playoff implications coming up this week. We're going to be glued to these games, I am sure, trying to figure out exactly what's going on. So be sure to stay tuned there. And if you want some analysis from people that aren't slowly moving closer and closer towards the edge, like I have been as this season has gone on, there are a lot of wonderful analysts and writers over at SlingshotEsports.com. They follow all of the big games, Counter-Strike, League, everything going on at EVO. If it's an eSport, they probably have somebody writing about it, and they have a a great staff that we have loved working with. They sponsor all of our Guest Alliance podcasts, and uh, and we could not be happier to be working with them. So definitely check that site out. And come back tomorrow where I not only will I promise more optimism, but I feel like we have a lot of fun storylines to talk about when it comes to the North American LCS. Because I have no idea what happened last week, but it happened and we get to talk about it. And until then, goodbye, Internet.